Hi, and welcome to Conversations with Vintage Women. My name is Christy Hagens, and I serve as the Women's Coordinator at Vintage Church. We hope this conversation can be a resource that encourages others to walk in their giftings and equips them for the tasks God sets before them. Okay, so I am here in my living room with Josh, my husband, because, um, well, one, it's just a crazy time uh, in the the semester, I guess, like everybody's going back to school. You're starting back classes tomorrow. Nora starts back school tomorrow. This week and this weekend was crazy. So there was just not much time for me to get to the church to record a conversation with anybody. So um, we're sitting in our living room, hoping that Nora doesn't scream because she's in bed and we're not entirely sure she's asleep yet or not. But she's definitely not. So, we are going to have a conversation about the Holy Spirit, because we are in the book of Ephesians for the Saints um, series that Mm -hmm. we're doing, which you got to help write the booklet, right, that that Pastor Dustin has referenced a few times in our resources. I know you, along with with several others. Two other people, Uh uh-huh. Yes. Um, And you are, well, I'll, I'll... I should let you introduce yourself. A lot of people that listen to um, our Conversations with Vintage Women podcast, they might know you by face, but they may not really know a whole lot about you. And, uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of yours. So, (laughs) (laughs) why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and um, maybe something that you're really passionate about. Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from the Panhandle, Florida. Okay. Niceville, Florida, which is close to Destin. I moved here to New Orleans back in 2011 to come to school. Okay. And um, let's see. I love my life here in New Orleans. I love it with you. I love to uh, study a lot. I'm a PhD student. Okay. And uh, I'm now currently completing or going to be completing my last seminar for the phd program Mm -hmm. there's a total of eight of those i'm in my last one praise god and it's on the holy spirit as a matter of fact how about that um yep and uh let's see i love theology a lot Mm. um and mainly because uh as someone who comes from a background of not having much of a theological education but also having a lot of um, fears and anxieties about my faith, mm. whether or not I was really saved, what's really true, how do I know it's true, those are questions that I've asked throughout my life, yeah. and uh, one of the reasons why I've, I've loved seminary is mm. it's given me the space to explore and to study alongside others mm. in a pursuit of answering those questions. And so, um, yeah, I found them very meaningful. It helped me, mm. especially as I've struggled with uh, things like uh, anxiety. And um, so, yeah, that that's why I'm passionate about theology. I think theology matters. I think it yeah. matters what we think. Um, I think it matters mm. how we uh, how we understand God. Mm. And uh, it's part of our calling to know God more is mm. to love him and to know him more. Mm. And uh, so other than that, I love cooking. You do love cooking. I like cooking a lot. Yeah, we like, like we like trying new recipes. We do. We like yeah. to. We're big foodies. 
and yeah. uh, we are uh, self-described coffee snobs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, doesn't help. We we worked at two different coffee shops. We did. We yeah. did. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we love our little daughter. We do. And our second daughter on the way. And our second daughter on the way. Yes. Yes. Yep. So that's life. I and I also write and um, do stuff for the church so yes. as a lay leader. Yes. So one thing you you mentioned theology a couple different times and you mm-hmm. love it and. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about, like, mm-hmm. learning theology and its impact is life-changing. It has been life-changing for you. Mm-hmm. But for maybe the average person, maybe they hear that term and they don't really know what it means. So can you put it in really simple terms, briefly, what is theology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the knowledge of God and it okay. is the study of God. Uh, through studying his word we believe as christians that god has revealed himself to us um and that this revelation comes to us through scripture and so the more we read scripture the more we know god uh the more that we have questions about god we mm. walk with god daily we read his uh, his word to us and um the interaction of life and faith it raises those questions and mm. how do we understand God's word? Mm. How do we think about God's word? And uh, reading deeply and meditating on what he has said to us. Mm. That's all a part of theology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do I hear you saying it's okay to have questions and acknowledge those questions and then find answers to those questions? 100%. <laughs> Even when it's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I think we both grew up in traditions where it was hard to get those uncomfortable questions answered mm-hmm. from people in our context, mm-hmm. right? And I yeah. I mean, I might be speaking for you, so you can correct me, but I feel like that is just one example of how theology has been so impactful for you, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Is Yeah, looking at the way that church practices, and by church practice, I mean, you know, our functional beliefs. We mm. believe things about God because of what he says but how that translates to our life there's not always a consistency Uh, one of the things that um, I've learned in the past year or two is struggling with these ideas of forgiveness what does forgiveness Mm. mean because when I was growing up forgiveness meant to um, forgiveness was a a hard concept for me Uh, because I thought that if you were angry about something, that meant that you hadn't really forgiven. And That's probably how a lot of people have viewed forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm realizing now, uh, the more and more that I meditate on God's Word and, mm. and really mm. look at um, uh, the what God says, in, especially in the Old Testament, as a God of anger. God's anger really normalized my own anger Mm. to realize that God gets angry Mm -hmm. Uh, it's okay to be angry Mm. and that it's okay it's it's anger and love and anger uh, towards what's been wronged doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't forgiven something yeah Um, and I, I, I saw forgiveness as a quick fix in the church we forgave Mm. because it was easier not to deal with what was hard 
and so you forgive because things are uncomfortable in the relationship right and it's a way of dismissing Mm. pain rather than actually dealing with things justly and so I, those yeah. are, that's a, just a, a, one, one snippet example. of dealing with anger in my own life, dealing with those things and realizing that, yeah, like Christianity is about forgiveness, but it's also about justice. The cross yeah, is God's, that's too. right. God, God is, is rectifying a wrong mm. in what he does through Jesus. And so yeah. learning to discern how the church has taught us. Um, sometimes I realized I've I've come to realize that the church hasn't really wrestled with the truth of Scripture, mm-hmm. and so we get these imbalanced views of God mm. because we um, we're not asking those questions. We're not reading Scripture closely enough. Yeah, or maybe even like, something that came across my my mind as as you were talking is we we read the scriptures through our own lens, our personal lens of interpretation, mm-hmm. our own story, mm-hmm. our own lens of culture. Yeah. And uh and that that oftentimes needs to be challenged, we, right? We bring a lot to the text. Yeah. We don't read the, the we don't read the Bible as if we've never read anything previously. As if yeah. we didn't have any uh assumptions. Um, I mean, if you grew up with a church that taught you to, um, that forgiveness was the easy answer to things, you Mm -hmm. might look at the plight of other people and say, oh, well, they just need to forgive without, Mm -hmm. without really wrestling with the wrong that's been done. Yeah. Well, and you, and, and you might be dismissive of their, them and their pain that they've gone through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, that's just, again, one snippet of how theology uh, meets the road, so to speak. Yeah. The rubber meets the road. Yeah. Um, there's so many other areas that I could talk about, like especially with someone who struggles with anxiety. Yeah. Um, anxiety is a big part of my story, and learning how to walk a therapeutic journey through that, seeing how God has used anxiety to help me to think theologically about it, and realizing that the church, in a lot of ways, um, <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety that goes on that gets dismissed very quickly yeah. by saying, well, you just need to pray, pray it away. Yeah. And, um, or and, throwing different scriptures at it. Right. And yeah. those are not wrong answers, but it's not necessarily the wisest yeah. answer. Or the most helpful practically right 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 (laughs) okay okay so that is one facet of how theology you said is is been helpful for you Mm -hmm. and uh one of the i guess theological ideas Mm -hmm. or functions that we're going to talk about here is the holy spirit Mm -hmm. you know i shared with you i i asked the question on social media last week I asked three questions specifically about the Holy Spirit. And I didn't really get much of a response, which was shocking, I guess. But it made me, it, you know, I'm always asking, like, the why. Like, why not a big response? Um, or why, yeah, why such a big response? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the three questions that I asked were, um, how do you see the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life? 
And how do you discern his voice from your own thoughts, other other people's voices, ideas, etc. Mm-hmm. And did anyone ever help you learn to discern his voice? If so, who? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was really shocked that not many people contributed any answer. Well, a few people did, mm-hmm. but it made me question. And it's something that we were talking about earlier today. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of mystery behind the Holy Spirit. And depending on even the denominational tradition that you've grown up with, mm-hmm. maybe the Holy Spirit wasn't spoken a lot about mm-hmm. or referenced much. Mm-hmm. Because with mystery, there comes a lot of things that we can't really tangibly maybe hold or explain or and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with the mystery right aspect of things or um yeah it's just maybe uncomfortable yeah yeah (laughs) and we we tend to at least I'm coming from my uh and again I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush Uh, I think southern baptists do tend to be reactive but maybe not mm. every Southern Baptist church. Sure, that's right. But at least mine, uh, growing up, we didn't want to be like the Pentecostals. Oh. And <laughs> we, uh, and you know, as I've gotten older, I've met Pentecostals that I've even said to them, wow, you're not as crazy as I thought you were. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, I realized there were several shades, very different variations of Pentecostal. Just like there are several Jesus. shades of Baptists. That's right. Several shades of Presbyterians, <laughs> whatever. That's yeah. right. And yeah. so different cultures within a culture. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so the Holy Spirit, in a lot of ways, we were, we didn't want to appeal too much to the Holy Spirit. Because we didn't want to come off as whoever the opposition was. Oh my gosh! We didn't the want to, opposition. That yeah, I mean that's how <laughs> I it know, was I know. treated. Yeah, we didn't want to be like them. Yeah. And so we uh, we focused on the Father and the Son. Yeah, and um, the Word. And the Word. I feel like that's there's this unspoken other Trinity in some denominations, <laughs> yes. and it's like the Father, the Son, and the Word. And the Bible. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> I know we joke about it, but. Functionally. Functionally. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Functionally, that's that's what happens. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay, so um, you and I, even though we grew up both Southern Baptists, uh-huh. our experiences have, have shaped <laughs> yes. us. They, they're very different. They are very different. And yeah. I can remember hard conversations that you and I would have earlier on in our relationship when we would talk about maybe functions of the Holy Spirit in our individual lives. Yes. <laughs> and um You were a lot more Bapticostal. <laughs> yes. Still am. <laughs> You're going there. You're getting there. There are times. Yeah. Yeah. Times. Yeah. So um I think we can unpack maybe a little bit of that. And I would love to have you answer like those three questions because I know that you've been on a journey. Even since we started this study, you have shared with me um, like really taking Pastor Dustin's questions like at the end of his sermons, 
really seriously mm-hmm. of um, how will I look for the Holy Spirit this week or how will I make myself available for use um, to the Holy Spirit this week. And so, yeah, I, I feel like that could, all, that could be an encouragement to, to listeners who maybe are in a similar place or have never even really pondered those questions. So... Mm-hmm. Which you want to start first with? Do you want to answer the questions or should we share a little, like maybe an example or two of how different our experiences were and how that's challenged both of us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just say that, again, this kind of illustrates how when we read the Bible, we bring so much more to the text than we realize. We don't just yeah. read the Bible. We yeah. don't just take our eyeballs and scan the text and take in information. We we sometimes put information that is not there, yeah, uh, based yeah. upon you know our upbringing, and so mm. uh, that's the challenge. That's then that's kind of the beauty of reading with the church, learning how to read with other <laughs> believers. Plug and shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Um, it, 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 that's part of the value of it is, yeah. is learning to read with other, other believers because yeah. you're not the only person who's led by the spirit here. Um, Amen. and so other people, uh, it, there is an interpretive, uh, uh, endeavor here yeah. of discerning God's voice yeah. through, through scripture. And so I think one of the things I brought to, uh, our relationship when we first got married was you were a lot more willing to say God is telling me uh, <laughs> or God is saying this and uh, I I tend to kind of kick back against that language I, yeah. and I, I, depending on what we mean by that yeah. I, I yeah. tend to be a little careful with it because for me uh, uh, so you know I, I mentioned the anxiety yes um, yeah. our first second year of marriage it was, well, first, really. First, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was diagnosed with OCD. Yeah. And uh, that shed a light on so much of my story, but it also shed a light on how I understood the way that God spoke to me. There were a lot of voices mm. in my head that were not from the Lord. Yeah. But because I felt such conviction and fear over it, um, and again, fear and conviction, uh, th- those sometimes, those are not the same, but for me, they were, mm. uh, because, or maybe it's a type of fear, I don't know, but I think there were times where I felt so compulsed to do something that I thought mm. it had to be the Holy Spirit. And so I did a lot of really awkward, foolish things because I was behaving out of, uh, your fear, My fear and, your OCD. and OCD and yeah. trauma and all of those things. And so I learned, I think even before I knew that I had a problem like that, I knew that I had to rely on scripture. Mm-hmm. I had to really focus on what the Lord was saying through scripture. Because um, when we read scripture, that is the Lord speaks mm-hmm. when we read scripture. Yeah. Uh, we can look at several examples of this, but my favorite example is looking at Hebrews. When mm-hmm. Hebrews quotes scriptures, uh, or the scriptures, it's God who speaks. Yeah. When we hear him, when we hear him, when we read the word, 
it is him who mm. is saying uh, and speaking to us. Yeah. And so I learned pretty early on, I think, in my walk with the Lord to really rely on that, um, which caused, you know, obviously there's tension there. And there were struggles because uh, I would interpret Scripture in a way that really confirmed my fears. And yeah. um, sometimes reading Scripture actually made my OCD worse. Mm. Which, and gosh, it was as very, a young, young kid slash Christian believer... That's super confusing. It was very confusing. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's not helpful when somebody says, well, just pray it away. Well, prayer is actually agitating the anxiety in some yeah. ways. Uh, because I would I would spend hours at a time praying over and over and over and over and over and over again. And um, just hoping that the fear would just go away. Yeah. And um, yeah. so that is kind of the background that I come to to. I come to scripture and come to these experiences with this type of <laughs> traumatic background yeah. of uh, feeling like, well, I can only trust the, the Lord. I can only trust him through scripture. And so in some ways that really inhibited me from looking at maybe other ways the Lord is speaking to me so that when you came along and would say things like what you did, it was very much like, well, how do you know God is saying that? Mm -hmm. You know, And I didn't even realize how much OCD influenced that. Yeah. Uh, and now I do. I'm still continuing to learn that. Yeah. But I think that's just to illustrate how our backgrounds paint a picture for us. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I brought to it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess my experiences are... <laughs> Not I, anxious. I know. Yeah. Like I, I didn't grow <laughs> up an anxious kid. Um, I've had more anxiety since becoming a mom and, and definitely being pregnant again which I think some of that is normal, but um, I've also had, like, you know, many opportunities to travel and be in other um, other states, other cultures around the world, and I think a lot of that influenced my understanding of prayer and mm -hmm. spiritual things. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, yeah. yeah um and even the Holy Spirit and his his role uh, and activity in my life and in the lives of others. And so I think somewhere along... Well, I'll say this. Growing up, I think the most that I heard about the Spirit was that phrase, you'll feel a peace. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and that, I feel like that was the most comfortable thing that people were willing to say. <laughs> and about, if you have OCD, that oh, is geez. not helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you don't ever feel peace. You feel the opposite of peace. That's right. And you're begging the Lord for peace and he's not giving it or, you know. It seems like it. It seems like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like it was that. And then like people would talk about the, the maybe the fruits of the spirit. You know, or spiritual gifts, but not all spiritual gifts. Like, we're only comfortable talking about certain ones, you know. And so that was a lot of my understanding, which wasn't a whole lot. And so then I felt like I I was faced with this task of reading God's Word and, like, seeing seeing these explanations of the Spirit or these accounts of the Spirit in the Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. And then looking for that in my life looking <laughs> why are you smiling <laughs> you know looking for 
okay, what what does it mean to what does it mean to speak in tongues? You know, right, what does it right. mean to actually understand the word of God when you read it? Cuz like that in and of itself, to be able to understand the word of God, I think, is an act of the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah. we're reading this text that's yes. how many, you know, <laughs> centuries old, and um, we, we're we not the content, well, we're not the context or the culture that it was written in or to, mm-hmm. and so to be able to understand it and then apply it to us today, mm-hmm. that's a whole act of the Holy Spirit that doesn't look super... Oh, what's the what's the word? Um, it doesn't. I'm gonna use the word. It doesn't look sexy. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't look hyper spiritual. Right. It, it's, it's not. It's oh, there's a word for it, and I'm totally blanking. Well, it looks, it's not charismatic. It it's looks not, very mundane. Yeah. It it doesn't look supernatural. That's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. It looks very natural. Yeah. But there's. N- I, but that's to take for granted, I think. Yes. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Is um, I know many non-believers who can read Scripture and mm. interpret it pretty well. Yeah. But there's a lack of wisdom and insight. Yeah. Um, in translating that to actual practice in their life. Yeah. There's not really a change. Yeah. And uh, again, understanding Scripture, it's so much more than just interpreting the interpreting the the facts yeah and, and it's right. so much more than just knowing what it's the how yeah no know, knowing that i am to pray in my anxiety that that is is said in scripture yeah but how the holy spirit guides us and being able to form us into yeah. The likeness of his son that's mm-hmm. part of the mission of the holy spirit is to yeah. conform us into the image of us uh, of, of the son and um and we are uh because we are sons of adopted we cry abba father and sometimes there are groanings too deep within us mm-hmm. that we don't we mm-hmm. don't know how what it is that we're saying and um but the holy spirit is god's yes mm-hmm. to god mm-hmm. the holy spirit God has this image of who we are to be and he is going to complete that and he uses that with the spirit so that he completes the work. Yeah. And so we don't know what God is saying in our life sometimes, but the Holy Spirit prays for us in us. Mm -hmm. And part of that, part of the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is learning to put into words. Those groanings. Those groanings. So to speak. Yeah. That's right. That's That's right. That's good. Uh, one of the spiritual gifts that I've learned to, I am still learning, I think, mm-hmm. to walk in and try to understand that I never really understood as a child mm-hmm. or even as a teenager is discernment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I've told you this story. I can remember even discerning characters mm-hmm. in it, or yeah the character of individuals even as young as like seven because i you know i i accepted the lord when i was five and i think that's hard for a lot of people to understand like oh you're so little but i knew exactly what i was doing as a five-year-old um and and you know god's just very gracious to to meet me in that but yeah i can remember being around certain individuals seven Mm -hmm. eight and, and, and throughout my life 
where something felt off. Mm-hmm. And that was the language I would use, but growing up in the South, a good old Georgia girl, uh, mm-hmm. we are very polite. Southern hospitality is everything. That's right. Then you pair that with <laughs> Christianity, and yeah, there's yeah. almost no room for critique. It's not even criticizing a person because I don't really know why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. There is an internal gut feeling. I mean, that's that's the way I would just use like lay people terms to describe it. Yeah. That something's off with this person. And what I learned from a professor here, you know, a few years ago, I remember talking to her and just saying like, I'm not really sure why we have the gift of discernment. And she encouraged me, you use it as a springboard for prayer. Mm. And what I have found, um, and I don't know that these two gifts often go hand in hand, but I have, I guess, in leaning into what I feel the Holy Spirit prompting, Mm -hmm. I have discovered that I think I have the gifts of discernment and intercession, Mm. which discernment really just being able to uh identify the difference between maybe someone's genuineness mm-hmm. versus uh not genuine you know lack of gen uh, words are really hard this late at night um <laughs> just their character yeah and it, again yeah. it's not it's, i don't have any facts usually about this person per se and 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 I'm sure it's really hard not to assume the worst when you have those feelings. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a double-edged sword or like a trap. It's like on the one hand, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying not to assume anything, really. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to bring these questioning gut feelings to mm-hmm. the Lord in prayer. But oftentimes, this is where the intercession comes in. In those moments of prayer, I am often led in a very particular way of how to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is you pray for their repentance. Yeah. You pray for them to um, confess whatever's going on. You pray for them to receive salvation. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not just people. It could be circumstances. circumstances it could be situations. Yeah. It could be even entities. Like, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it's... And nobody really taught me. like that. And I think that's one of those examples where I, I was reading about it in Scripture, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was seeing... Um, like Nathan. When we think about Nathan and how he went to David mm-hmm. and he just knew he knew what David had done he had discernment he mm-hmm. did and he caught like he you know he told David this story that basically uh highlights David's sin it took a lot of wisdom it did and mm-hmm. and David said yeah well this is what I would do to that person and Nathan said well you are that person like held up the mirror for him mm-hmm. and it is very much like that so when I would read things like that then I just I started trying to look for it in mm-hmm. life because nobody really knew or maybe I didn't really know the questions to bring to people because I didn't know that discernment was a gift at such a young age. Does that make sense? I think it does. And what you're saying, um, going back to that whole the difficulty 
of when you feel a certain thing. You know, I've mm-hmm. always, <laughs> because of my background, I tend to not trust my feelings. <laughs> and so I would dismiss my feelings. Yeah. And I think that was overreactive. Um, yeah. Instead, I've learned to not dismiss my feelings, but to listen to them. It doesn't mean fully trust them, but it means right. to listen. At least and pay I, attention. Right, and to pay attention. Yeah. And um, one of the, you know, one of my gifts is uh, cynicism. Uh, cynicism. <laughs> that's I, uh, a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tend That's a to, gift of the flesh. That's right. That's right. It's, um, and sarcasm. And I, uh, I can interpret events, situations and things and, and people's motives in a very unfavorable light, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, it's reactive. Mm. It's feeding out of a desire that's not godly it's um, why didn't this person say hi to me or Mm. well that's probably because he doesn't like me or that's because you know and and that's very natural for us to do in the flesh Mm -hmm. it's very hard for us not to and and especially if you have discernment you can abuse that gift yes and it takes uh it doesn't take a lot of creativity to fabricate a narrative about people and places and things right that are uncharitable and i think that is that is what we need to remember is that one uh one of the fruits of the spirit is love yeah and uh and learning how to interpret with charity mm-hmm. because that is something the holy spirit guides us in yeah. And um and that I think that is just another way of learning how to in that moment when I feel what I feel using my feelings as a springboard as you said mm. to then take this before the Lord and to do what I need to do which is love. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it doesn't necessarily mean dismiss Right. Maybe that person did dismiss me. Maybe that person did do something that was rude. And maybe I'm yeah. justifiably um, feeling a certain way because I don't feel like this was handled well. Or, or mm-hmm. I feel like this person, I've, I've noticed his actions before. And yeah. he doesn't seem to be of a, a, a good character. Well, um, how can I take... Uh, w- number one, why does it matter so much to me? because mm-hmm. because you're learning how to really discern deep within you you might have feelings about something that just aren't aren't yours to feel or or you have selfish motives mm-hmm. we're, we're told a, a verse that really comes in my mind right now is as uh james i think it's james three <sighs> i'm horrible at scripture <laughs> addresses but I think it's three sixteen, James three sixteen. Okay. It talks about how uh, self ambition is demonic. Mm. Um, and so mm. in a culture when Hollywood everything is selfish gain, selfish yes. ambition. Yeah. Hollywood wants us to 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 think of demonic activity as something where your head spins and you spit out pea soup. <laughs> um, but that's not that's not all of what the I mean if right. if, if the if if Satan did that yeah if Satan did that all the time it'd be a little too obvious yeah uh, <laughs> and so clearly that's demonic yeah. but uh but selfish ambition you know why do I want that person to know me or why mm. why do I want what do I want to get out of the situation or uh, those are things that we have to be 
we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to put a mirror, like you said, up to ourselves. Yeah. And being able to discern those things, those patterns of behavior to say, um, yeah, there's just, there's so many avenues that we could go down here. Right. And so, uh, but yes, I, I think learning how to interpret things with charity Mm. Not to interpret things from selfish ambition, selfish motives, uh, out of hatred um, mm. for our brother. Um, yeah. A desire for for their good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's what it means to be led by the Spirit, I think, is, is to let... Um, we're, I mean, another verse I think of in Romans, I think it's chapter 12. He says, let love be genuine. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, how many times, uh, our Southern culture, we just really believe in being nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and sweet and, uh, precious moments. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> it is, it's, it is kitsch. It's yeah. uh, it's sentimental garbage. And we we say the the right things because we care more about what that person yeah. thinks about us, and we're not really letting love be genuine. Yeah, it's just it's empty not words. sincere, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. And so these are institutionalized sins. These are cultural sins that are in, <laughs> you know, my word. These yeah, are, yeah. This, I mean, th- and yeah. that's that's the type of demonic activity that we don't want to call it for what yeah. it is, but it's yeah. demonic. Um, and so Dang. those are the things that we realize that we're ba- our battle is not against uh, flesh and blood, but of powers yeah. and principalities. Yeah. And uh, that's another uh, a way of combating that is through the Spirit. Yeah. Is learning to recognize and call things for what they are. Yeah. And to combat that in our own lives. And to call it out yeah. when we see it in others. And that's uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. That's very uncomfortable when you're, as you said, like as you're fighting um, institutional norms, mm-hmm. cultural norms, mm-hmm. uh, systemic norms, mm-hmm. that people have, I mean, we're so influenced by so many voices yeah. and we don't even realize maybe the power and the way that those things have shaped mm-hmm. our behavior That's right. and our, our motivations. Yep. So let's, yeah, I think this is a good segue into those questions. So like if you're yeah. talking about this, like this is like day-to-day living. This is day-to-day functional living. So mm-hmm. Josh, for you, what, maybe a couple ways, one or two ways that you either experience or see the Holy Spirit and like your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see it in, um, one, it's, um, his effects in my life, what he does in my life and the way he, he makes me, uh, little by little, uh, hopefully more today than yesterday look mm-hmm. like, like, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so- I mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna dig into that. Mm-hmm. How do you know it's the Holy Spirit changing you, and not behavior modification? Yeah, my motives. Okay. My motives are very different. So, part of uh, my story 
Um, and I, I was actually just talking uh, talking at the, the breakfast table this morning about it with some friends. Um, one of the reasons why I pursued theological education was um, in a lot of ways, I was trying to do more than I, I was doing more than I realized I was doing. Mm. I was coming from hurt and mm. pain, anger uh, at the church. And I was using my education as a way of making me feel smarter and better mm. and um, trying to use education, theological education, to make sense of the hurt. Uh, yeah. Using education in a way, if I couldn't get back at people for uh, yeah. the pain they caused, for not being answer, able to answer my questions that I had, I could show them that I would be smarter. And yeah. uh, that's, that's me being really vulnerable. But, you know, but it's, it's, part of, it's part of my story. That's probably true for many people, though. You know, we've talked about this, like, why do people go it. into the fields of study or the careers of their choice that they go into? How many of them are responding to trauma or insecurities? Yeah. And they're just trying to make themselves feel better, but they're not actually doing the healing work that no. they need to. And not that's acknowledging, right. this is where I need the Lord to heal. That's right. And so, so what you're saying is, that's what motivated you. I had very, uh, yeah, impure motives. And so, and I wanted people to be, I wanted people to see me. You wanted to be seen. I wanted to be seen, which, oh my goodness, that goes back to so much trauma. Uh, <laughs> because, and, and some of it's not, it's not invalid to right. want to be well, seen. I think that's. And love. I think that's a God-given desire in everybody. Right. But it's yeah. the the it's the motives. It's the yeah. the, the why. Yeah. And um, I remember my maybe my first or second ra- uh, uh, round of counseling. You know, I've gone to counseling for different different things. Yeah. Because I think you should go to a counselor like you would go to the doctor. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. I'm gonna go right. talk about this. And so one of the rounds that I went through, I remember being. Um, it takes a lot of courage, I think, right, to admit those uncomfortable truths to yourself. Yeah, um, and oh, yeah. I had to realize that, like, okay, this is good work, but I felt that by admitting the uncomfortable truths, somehow my calling to pursue theological education was uh, delegitimized. Mm. That somehow. All of my improper motives made it to where I needed to change everything, change my calling. I wasn't oh. interpreting the Lord's Lord's voice in my life at all, like all of it. I mean, I was. It was a it was a crisis um, mm. where I really felt like I had come to pursue an education for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And the story that um, I, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Jacob in okay. uh, Genesis, where Jacob literally means trickster. Mm. Um, and he gets everything in life <laughs> through trickery. And you see his story plays out by him being the trickster that he is. And yet... Uh, we see where God is able to use that trickery in a way to bring about his own purposes. Mm, yeah. And it's, and it's, and that's, and that's the power of God. 
God is able to, we often think of God being able to work through uh, the pain and the trauma and the evil in our life. He, use, he, he, he does something with us despite all that. Mm. But that's kind of true, but it's not, it's not true in another sense. Because God actually uses those mm. very evil things he he works in them through them mm. it's not that he's the author of those things he doesn't yeah. want those things but we're told also in the story of genesis where uh it's joseph um what man intended for evil mm. you intended for good mm. only god can take evil and use evil itself to defeat itself and he does that in the mm. cross. Yeah. And so I realized in my story that even though I had gone into things with the wrong motivations, that that's what got me here. Mm. And now I can pursue God's voice in my life. I can pursue his calling, but have mm. entirely different motivations now. Yeah. And so now it's not that I'm trying to fix myself. Now it's not because I'm trying to find all the answers. Now it's not because I can use this to impress people or, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's not for selfish gain. It's not for selfish gain. It's that yeah. I genuinely want to help people uh, make sense of their life. Mm. And I genuinely help people to see that they can do this by listening to, to, to God, by listening to Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Um Theological education is super important for this reason. Yeah. And that's, that is why it's become my passion. And so it is. It's the same calling, but very different motivations. Yeah. Um, and that's the work of the Spirit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's really just one way mm -hmm. that you see the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Completely changing your motivations. Okay. How I, I feel like you've touched on this, uh, so maybe we don't have to spend a whole lot of time here, but mm -hmm. how are you able to discern this is the Lord, this is the Holy Spirit, versus mm -hmm. this is my own thought, this is the voice or the influence of someone else? Mm -hmm. Especially with your history now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's not an easy answer. Okay. Um, and I think the reason, and I, we don't like, we don't like hard answers No, we don't. because we live in a culture that's, uh, we, you know, we want things instantly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I, I have, um, the subject of theology. I resist this about theology as there mm -hmm. are no easy answers. It takes wisdom and time and discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, and it means taking a hard look at yourself at times. Mm. So in any given situation, you know, in our culture, we want those instant, we want instant gratification. Right. And usually I think, and this isn't just part of our culture. I think it's just, this is sin. It's, we want something that confirms our prejudices. We want something that confirms our biases and we want to do something that's comfortable Mm -hmm. And doesn't require a lot of demands. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Lord is calling us to do all of the opposites of those. And so uh, yeah. what, what listening to the Spirit looks like is, one, we have to go to Scripture. 
That is God's final, God's final revelation is through, um, through his word Mm. and his word attests to what he has done in, uh, in through, through his son and through his spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we have to read scripture. We have to be good interpreters of scripture. We have to rely on the spirit, which means for me, not relying on my own understanding. Okay. You know, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Okay. Um, so, like, that... Not being dogmatic about, this is what I think the Lord is saying. Okay. But to hold it out with open hands. Okay. Like, and this to, is what I think he's saying. Mm-hmm. And discern... holding it out. Discerning the spirit. Discerning the spirits. <laughs> There's more than one spirit, yeah, and not all true. of them are holy. This is true. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, sometimes we are... Um, there have been times where even in my theological formation of just trying to, um, oh, what do I think about Calvinism or, you know, not Calvinism or, you know, things like that. Those right. are like, you know, th- that's a silly example. But um, am I being influenced to take a position because it's the it's the the mm. norm? Am yeah. I being influenced? It's more comfortable. Right. Is it the is it the in crowd that argues this? Oof. Um, why, what are my motivations for wanting to, to be this over that? Yeah. Um, am I, do I have a theological ax to grind? Yeah. Um, people pursue theology for the wrong motivations. Yeah. But that's not unique to theology. That's to everything. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, we really do, um, we are led by our hearts Mm. And we use our reasons to justify it. Mm. And what we know is our hearts deceive us. That's right. So in our minds, our minds are pretty corrupted. That's this right. This is why Romans 12 tells us to daily. The renewing of our yes. minds. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And to, and to take every thought captive. Right. That's another, right. another verse is to take every thought captive. Yeah. That doesn't mean to stop the thought. Right. It's yeah. to capture that thought. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Yeah. What is Dissect it? it? Yes. Uh, we, uh, so often, we make decisions out of fear. Mm. We make decisions out of, uh, again, selfish ambition. And we, those are uncomfortable truths that yeah. we need to grapple with. Yeah. And I think that's, those are pieces of it. And so, I, mm. you know, it's, all we know is that we're to rely on the spirit. Yeah. And so we're trying our best to discern him. And I think we make it a lot more complicated than what it is. Mm. We just need to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. We need to be honest with ourselves and we need to let scripture speak to the situation. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, the, the spiritual disciplines, those are, right. those are aids to this Qu- silence and solitude. Yeah. Learning how to not be compulsive. Mm. That's so that's a that is a go to for me is Patience. I make yeah. very compulsive decisions. Even even working with my O C D and not being compulsive, uh we, we just you don't have to have O C D to be compulsive yeah. at times. Yeah. And so learning how to slow down and think about your decisions. Yeah. And to have quiet time with the Lord. And to really spend time with his word 
to see what mm-hmm. does God say? What are the principles that I can apply mm-hmm. in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are all another aspect of being led by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. There's something you said made me think about one of the things that I find very attractive about you, especially as oh, a man, <laughs> as a person in the theological and academic world, because I feel like there's a trait that is often missing in individuals that I think you, you know, you have. And I think it, there, it, there is a, a humility about you. When you were talking about what, wh- why am I taking this position? You know, is it the mm-hmm. easy position? Is it the majority position? Is it the one that, you know, the popular one, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but... I think we were disagreeing, which we disagree a lot on <laughs> issues, do. which is a beautiful safety in a healthy relationship. A but um, I remember you saying, well, this is where I've landed right now, but I might be wrong. But it's one of those issues that like it's not it's not a uh, you know, it's not a salvific issue. It's more mm. of a an opinion based issue. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And I had just never heard anybody say that. And mm-hmm. and I think that has been such a, a good challenge, even for me. But but I know you mean that. And I, I, I that came to mind as we're talking about this because I think when we are discerning or trying our best to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, the message of God through the Holy Spirit, the Scriptures... Are we willing to say this position that I've held for so long might be wrong? And Mm -hmm. am I willing for the Holy Spirit to challenge me and lead me to another conclusion? Yeah, yeah. And I think that scares people. It does scare people. But I think also there's wisdom in uh, being guided by the church. Yeah. And that's something that Protestants don't like. Yeah, we're not supposed to do this alone. Yeah, we're not supposed (laughs) to do this alone. Uh, we, we really do have this, um, every man is an island when it comes to reading scripture at times. And it's, Mm, that's not healthy. Right. Uh, we weren't meant to to live life like that. And so one of the guides that I have had, uh, you know, a little, another piece of my story is I used to be non-Trinitarian and that's my favorite (laughs) doctrine, you know? Yeah. But it was because it was, um, I was very arrogant Mm. And assuming that I knew better. And again, we have to be careful with this. Sometimes church tradition's wrong. But one of the one of the things that really caught my attention was there were men and women for two thousand years who have said this about God. They have read scripture and have believed what they believed, despite the fact that they could have died. Yeah. They were persecuted for these beliefs. Um, they had everything against them, going against mm-hmm. them and to, uh, yeah, like the doctrine of the Trinity. It was forged out of hundreds of years of fighting in the church. And, and it, it wasn't, this wasn't a, uh, yeah, it wasn't an armchair debate. A debate done over the comfort of a warm fire. Um, yeah. People's, you know, their livelihood were at stake. And so looking at what people said, how they read scripture, 
what were the terms of debate and why did they argue it, it made me realize there's something more here. Um, these are wise individuals who have spent a lot of time with scripture, mm-hmm. probably more than the internet skeptic that I've read on the, uh, over, over the internet mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I should stop and <laughs> pump the brakes yeah. And that's kind of why I'm, I, I consider myself a theological conservative. Is It's a principled conservatism of pumping the brakes. Mm. I'm not holding this position because this is a conservative party platform. I'm holding <laughs> this position because I'm pausing. Yeah. I don't want to move too quickly because there is a whole voice of people who've said one thing for 2,000 years. And I'm going to stop and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that's so yeah. So when it comes to uh, major doctrines, like you know, uh, yeah, there's tons of major doctrines, and there are other doctrines that I think that have a little more flexibility to disagree over. Yeah. Um, church history is very helpful. It here. matters. Yeah. It matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is something that I I would say like, I mean, gosh, I I've graduated seminary and I didn't study church history, not for my degree. Mm-hmm. So I I would say like the average church attender the average christian doesn't really know a whole lot about church history which mm-hmm. again shameless plug for your thing that's starting in september yeah. yep. right reading, reading scripture with the church yeah that's right okay um i know okay we've we're really close yeah. to an hour which is really long for one of these conversations yeah. but the, the questions um, that we had the last question was has did anybody or has anyone helped you learn how to discern the Holy Spirit's voice? If so, who? Yeah. Um, so, you. Really? Yeah. Because... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have learned to... Hmm, how do I articulate this? Because this is new to me. I'm learning how mm. to... Um, uh, you know, you are a counselor mm. who um, you have an expertise in something like, uh, I mean, in a way, your your field of, of expertise is a sort of a subset of anthropology, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's knowing the way that we think why we think that we do, why the, we think the way that we do, and, um, and how our backgrounds, our traumas, mm. all those things. You know, you're, you are, a, a, in a sense, a scientist in the field of anthropology, mm. looking specifically at the way that our behaviors, um, how those are shaped. And uh, to think theologically about those things, mm-hmm. you know, coming in as a theologian, uh, a lot of what counselors, professional counselors do, just by listening, just by listening to you and to think theologically through it. Mm. Um, I've been very influenced uh, by theologians like Augustine, Augustine's Confessions, yeah. um, to look at the way he speaks about his childhood upbringing, <laughs> to think about yeah. Yeah. Uh, his, the way he's very transparent about his motives um, his sexuality. His sexuality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my what he gosh. Was looking for. Yeah. What he was really yeah. looking for. Yeah. Uh, he thought what he wanted was sex, and what he really wanted was intimacy. Yeah. 
What he which, really wanted was so many, so many books, so many sermons. Oh my like, gosh! Yeah. On that, yeah. So, so really, there are therapeutic foundations to the Christian uh, faith, mm. um, and so counseling is just a uh, an outworking mm. of um, theological anthropology. Mm. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's an outworking of that, and so mm. going to counseling myself. But also having somebody who, uh, I'm always inundated by counseling terms. You know, you use the word codependency, and I'm like, well, what is codependency? And when you describe codependency, I'm like, <laughs> am I codependent? Oh my gosh, you know. And so I start, you know, and it, it helps. It gives me the tools to analyze myself. And so uh, another influence, gosh, um, not only Augustine but Calvin, John mm. Calvin. The first chapter of the Institutes, where he talks about um, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves is related. Mm-hmm. Um, we must first know who we are to know what God demands of us. Yeah. That we don't go to God. Um, he comes to us mm-hmm. and he makes demands of us. Mm-hmm. And it means making hard, uh, taking a hard look at ourselves Mm-hmm. And realizing that we're really miserable without him. Mm. And so we, as um, he calls uh, our hearts, idol-making machines. Mm. We think that our idols can meet all our demands, all our desires. And Calvin, the good Augustinian that he was, he was influenced by Augustine. Mm. He realized that those idols, they, they serve very maladaptive purposes. They, what does maladaptive mean, Josh? Maladaptive? <laughs> it's a, it's a, I don't know. I, <laughs> they, they served a purpose. Yeah, it gets the job done. It gets the job but done. But not in a healthy but way. But not in a healthy way. Not without consequences. That's right. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, my, uh, and so in a lot of ways. I was just thinking, you can't throw that word out there and listeners be like, what, mala what? Mal- like, okay, yeah, thank you. Um. But but yeah, it's learning how to uh, look, listen to counselors and say, oh gosh, like Augustine said that, yeah, Calvin said that. Yeah. We're just it's an outworking of of good theology. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I don't know what I was saying there, but 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 basically that's it. Is is people like yeah. Augustine, uh, John Calvin. More contemporary writers like Peter Scazzaro, the emotionally healthy Goodness, yes. uh, church, the yeah. emotionally healthy leader, yeah. uh, emotionally healthy spirituality. Those are um, really, um, that's a really great resource. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think what all, what all of those tend to have in common, there's a common thread there. And I think where, I think where both of us probably have come to grips with this reality of the the more we know ourselves mm-hmm. the more we're able to know God because we it's not about us per se right. but it's I'm now aware of the things that are inhibiting me from knowing God I know the things mm-hmm. that tend I, I know the voices within myself Mm-hmm. That are trying to to tell me how to either protect myself, yep. how to uh, further myself, yep. you As, know, and, and like that's if I'm aware of those things, 
I know to bring those things to God and and even ask like I'm feeling this I'm feeling I'm feeling yeah. this message this is the message I'm receiving is this me is this you Lord mm-hmm. because I'm having a hard time discerning yeah. the two and I think he's faithful because James says, if you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask, and I will give it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that. Like, I, I, yep. I plead that over my life all yep. the time. Yep. Um, and, and I think that being transparent with ourselves, looking at my own story, when I look at my, uh, the prayers that I wrote in my journal, you know, God, help me to, uh, how did I pray? I would pray things like, Help me to be a better me. Yeah. And. How do you know? Well. If you don't know. What I'm needs not to change. Well. You don't. Yeah. But, that's but, true. But also. Is, I, I'm not called to be a better me. I'm yeah. called to be like Christ. Christ. Yeah. And so my prayers were really selfish. Mm. And but you didn't so even realize it. I didn't have. I had no clue. I had no self-awareness. And I think that was part of the spirit unveiling those things, uncovering the uncomfortable things, using a panic attack <laughs> to wake me up and to realize that I was way more anxious than I realized um, how untransparent we are to ourselves. Oh, yeah, we're scared. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, we really don't know ourselves the way that we think we do. Yeah. And that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he knows us better than ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so that really does make a difference. Yeah. And to realize, as someone who grew up in church, you thought I was a pretty good guy. I functionally, believe, I functionally believed I needed Jesus, or, or that is my stated belief was, rather, that I need Jesus. But functionally, I didn't really need him because I was already a pretty yeah, good guy. Yeah, you were a good boy. I was a good kid. Yeah. I was two-time state champion Bible driller. Every time you say that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is who I married. Yeah. I was, not only was I a church kid, but I was homeschooled. So I fit, I, I fit a You're certain. Like Paul. You have all the I list. have a lot of these, you know, it's a vibe. It's it, a vibe. It is a vibe. And Probably so, not the one most of us want, but it's the one you got. It's the one that I have, <laughs> and right, I can't be ashamed of it because right. shame keeps, you know, it's, it's the shackles of <laughs> yes. shame. You know, you just have to own it. And the Lord has brought something out of it, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I realized when I had maladaptive coping mechanisms, yeah. be it a video game, be it, um, it, oh my gosh, fill in the blank, whatever maladaptive yeah. coping mechanisms. I know, I'm like, how have. real are we getting this? Yeah, that we oh, need to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another, um, another podcast. I, we, I had idols and I was yeah. an abuser. I was a drug abuser. I wasn't using drugs, <laughs> but I was getting my fix. Yeah. Through some means. Yeah. And when I realized that, I realized, gosh, like, I'm no better. Than that drug abuser who I thought was really the bad sinner, and I was at least okay because I wasn't actually using drugs. Right. No, no, I was still using. Yeah. It just wasn't a chemical dependency. Right. You yeah. know? And so uh, those are things that the Holy Spirit had to wake me up to. Yeah. So um, I hope that answers the question. I can't remember what the question was. We probably <laughs> need it. It's, it's like, you know. I know. We've gone over an hour. I know. This hour. is over an hour. I know this will be the longest. Uh, conversations with vintage women and it wasn't even with a woman. I mean, I'm a woman, but 
<laughs> I didn't have a conversation with a woman. But I think uh, I, I wanted to do this because I think our experiences are so different. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just feel like that represents many people, um, mm-hmm. hopefully. And I hope that this is an encouragement to people, too, because I think we did provide, hopefully, through this conversation, we provided some evidence to support that uh, one, it's not that it's a com- it's a delicate balance, but it's mm-hmm. not super complicated or complex to be able to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple as being able to read the Bible and just being open to try and understand what it's actually saying versus mm-hmm. reading it just through our lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think identifying the importance of the self-awareness of ourselves Mm -hmm. and how um, the lack of it can really hinder us from being able to hear Mm -hmm. from the Lord and Mm -hmm. from the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. But also you brought up this beautiful point that in a sense, you know, you were almost kind of discipled by these dead guys. Like, like, you're you're at least at the very least influenced mm-hmm. by them, yeah. and they've they've influenced you in a big way. Yes, and so I think really highlighting this importance of a lost art of like looking back, mm-hmm. reflecting back on church history and yes. church fathers, and and reading broadly. Like I feel like that's something that you've even I think you challenge yourself to read broadly. Yeah. Not just maybe the quote unquote popular church fathers, but, but, um, yeah, like you explore not just, not just Protestants. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, yeah, I know reading. you've been picked on by some professors around here for being a Catholic, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, I I hope at the very least this has been an encouragement mm-hmm. for people and really just also to get like a fun look in at us. Because this is a side of us I don't know that many people at church really get to to hear or see. So anyway, um, I think we will end it there. Okay. So thank you thanks, very much. Thank you for joining the <laughs> Conversations with Vintage Women podcast. Glad I could, I could uh, be a contribution. Yes. So if you're enjoying this content and find it helpful, please subscribe and stay up to date. Leave a review and share it with your friends. Our desire is that you will be equipped and encouraged to live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church.